0: Up get into it hello get into it put your neck out for yourself believe in yourself and the uh, the rest is history hello <laughs> opening opening on an inspiration for you inspiration guess oh for no reason whatsoever Just, I don't know how to start these things, so that's how I'm doing, but, you know, that's, I gotta say, believe in yourself, because guess who's back? From Just for Laughs, from Montreal, flew back in yesterday, um, I made it, I did it, Just for Laughs, feather in my cap, on my resume, in my credits, I did it. The biggest festival in the world on a COVID year. So the the biggest, imagine the biggest festival in the world except half. Half capacity festival. But I'll be back. I'll be back. You bet your ass I will be back. Um, because I did so well and I'm really, 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 really proud of myself. Holy smokes. Um... I got in on, uh, let me walk you through some of it. Sure, I've got some stories to tell. Um, I got some stories to tell, but let's just start from, uh, as always, a good place to start is from a place of gratitude. And holy moly, um, there, was, there was an afternoon, the day after my show, Saturday, uh, Friday night I had the show, I had the New Faces Canada Showcase. And then the next day, I hung out with some comedy friends, uh, relaxed, enjoyed life, got dressed up really sexy in a little tiny little black dress, I caught a couple other comics tapings, and then partied all night and danced, 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 danced to Dua Lipa's Levitating on repeat over and over again because that song is my jam. That is my Al Val jam right now. Dua Lipa Levitating, get out of here. Oh my God. Um, Saturday afternoon, I just had... No, no, no. Okay, I'll get to it. Let's get chronological about it. So I fly out. I flew out Thursday. Thursday. And I flew out with Flair Airlines, which, uh, the flight there went without a hitch, but I'll get to the flight back. I got to, um, uh, I was on the flight, and first of all, real quick story, I was sitting in the middle of a three-seat, it was uh, three seats apiece, half and half, you know, on one side of the plane and the other, three seats, three seats, three seats, And I was sitting in the middle in between these two people and this guy sits down. And you know what? Even before he sits down, he's coming down the aisle with uh, a woman who uh, presumably and, you know, and later we found out literally. How do I say this? She was his wife. It was obvious from the start because they were just fucking draped over each other. They were just drenched in each other. PDA city. Just like, just going... Like a little, like, not a choo-choo train, but what is that thing that goes on the railroad tracks and it's two people and there's one lever and it's like a seesaw type thing where one guy, one person pulls up and the other one pushes down and then vice versa, they go reet row, reet row, reet row, and it makes the thing on the tracks go, it makes the wheels go. What the fuck is that thing called? I don't know, how would I even search that on Google? That entire 50-word description that I just made with the sound effects. I phonetically spell out "rain ro aint ro on Google. Somebody find out what that is called. Uh, I don't know. I'm going to call it a, do, a, a, a rail buggy. A rail buggy. Um, you know what I mean. The seesaw contraption that goes on train tracks that especially used to be a big thing in like cartoons and in the 50s. Uh, you know, you know, what I'm talk- I, you know what I'm talking about. Anyways, these two were just doing that down the aisle, except, you know, doing it with their lips up and down, <laughs> and down. It was gross anyways. And they finally get to their spots. And apparently they didn't book tickets together. Instead, one of them was on the aisle. One of them was by the window in the front and and the uh, the guy was in my aisle the aisle behind on the left in in the god why am i in, in the aisle yeah <laughs> in the, uh, he was in he had an aisle oh god why jesus i'm so brain dead it's my neck i have arthritis in my neck and i'm 33 I'm in so much fucking pain, you guys, and it's been going on for a week, and I anticipate it'll go on for another three or four. Uh, Arthritis, don't get arthritis in your neck. Don't do it. Don't do that, because it is, I just want to die. I know I'm a dramatic person, but holy fuck. Every moment, every waking moment is fucking agony. It literally is. It's inescapable. Anyways, oh, my God. All right, anyways, um, especially on a fucking plane flight. You know, you're sitting upright like a, like a lowercase h in your little fucking chair, totally upright. Ugh, I'm in so much, just know that I'm in so much pain always forever now. Goodbye to any of my good moods. <laughs> Best weekend of my life followed by excruciating chronic agony. Okay, anyways, so husband is sitting, let me paint you the picture real quick, husband is sitting on my left, wife is sitting one row ahead and on my right, and this husband will not shut the fuck up about switching seats to sit with his wife, and the lady, a stranger in front, who ended up sitting beside the wife, uh, you know, he had a quick little chat with her, he was like, excuse me, my wife, can I... Can I please uh, switch seats with you to sit beside my, my wife? My wife, that's her right there. That's my wife. He was like fucking Harrison Ford in. If you to do a YouTube search of Harrison Ford, my wife, my daughter, my suitcase, it's a compilation of every movie that Harrison Ford is in. Every time he says, "My wife, my daughter, and my suitcase." And it's literally five minutes of being like, my wife, 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 my wife's suitcase, my daughter, my wife, my wife's daughter, my suitcase, my daughter's suitcase. He says, he says them a million hundred times. Okay, anyways, so this guy won't shut the fuck up about his wife. And uh, every opportunity he gets, uh, the steward walks by. He's like, excuse me, the woman in front here uh, 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 graciously agreed to trade seats with me. So can I trade seats with her, with my wife? And so I can sit beside my wife, my wife, that's my wife, my wife. And the steward is like, "Uh, sorry, rules are rules. Um, You have to wait until the plane takes off and the seatbelt sign is off. And then, uh, once the seatbelt sign is off and we're in the air, then you can switch. And he's like, my, my wife, my wife, my wife. And you know what? Maybe there will come a day in a few years where I, uh, I have to apologize. Maybe this is mental health related. Maybe he has like anxiety separation issues, but it was not that. You know what? No, I'm going back on that. It was not that. This guy was just. Maybe they're in in their honeymoon phase, but, you know, the bottom line is, fucking, it's a flight from Toronto to Montreal, it's 35 minutes, she's right there, no bandit is gonna fucking, no swiper from Dora the Explorer is gonna sweep through and steal her and jump out of the plane in a parachute, and then it's goodbye to your wife, forever, You should have stayed closer to your wife. My wife, get off my plane. No Harrison Ford motherfucker is going to come up and kick your wife off the plane. And you can't get to her because you're an aisle behind and you're so far away. My wife, get off my plane. Um, Air Force One, anybody? Um, So... It's just, you know, as soon as the plane took off, the seatbelt sign was not yet off. We were encountering turbulence, which gave me a bit of schadenfreude, as they say, because I was like, this guy's going to lose his shit. That's more delay. That's more time in between this guy and his goddamn wife. And sure enough, the plane is fucking rumbling and rattling. And he reaches up and he presses the call help button. The steward comes down like... (laughs) <laughs> getting tossed from side to side, desperately clutching people's seats on her way down the aisle to talk to this guy, like rolling her eyes because she knows what's about to what what the guy's about to say, and finally she gets her, he's like, um, now that we're in the air, can I sit beside my wife? She's still right there, and I'm still right here, and this will not do. I need to be with my wife. And then and the steward was like, "Well, I, like I said, sir, 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 I know your wife is your wife. And I know you are separated by a total of maybe six feet at the moment. But I assure you, your wife is still alive. She is still right here, not even right there. You know, there's a certain minimal distance that someone goes from being here to there. And I think within your if you're within six feet, you are still here. You're not there. You're here. You know? Your wife is here. She's not there. She's here. (laughs) Um Oh. Jesus Christ guy. Maybe this is just my disdain that I haven't I haven't found love and don't believe I ever will, because I don't love myself and I will never I may never love someone because I don't, I don't like myself enough to allow that to happen, to let love in, um, shit, it got real, anyways, uh, enough of my wife guy, I arrived in Montreal, and I stayed at a friend's place, and, um, Adelaide Lafon—I won't say her—I Lafleur. La- 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 <laughs> I won't say her last name. I probably shouldn't. Her name is Adelaide. She's a great friend of mine. She used to run Tinder Tales in Toronto. Beautiful, lovely, amazing person. And she let me crash at her place. And I went to a arts museum, and I saw this really cool arts museum, and I was—you know—I—I I don't claim to know a goddamn thing about art. Sorry, give me a second. Let me look at my puffy marshmallow nipples. I got such little tits. I hope they get bigger. Anyways, <laughs> at least I can still wear a men's t-shirt out there, and unless people really stare closely, they're—I have man boobs now. They're—they're they're officially man boob sized. I got man tits. Even though I weigh one hundred sixty pounds soaking wet, I've man tits. Um, where was I? I went to an arts museum, which I don't know anything about art. So, and therefore I thought it was more fun not knowing a thing about art. So I am free to just think whatever inconsequentially right or wrong or silly or, uh, or wrong thought about this art. And you know what? Anyone can, anyone can enjoy art. Don't ever discredit your own opinions about whether you like or dislike something. Because it's art, you know? If you don't get it, if you don't see something and you're like, I don't get it, that's fine. That's valid. So there were some things that I looked at in this thing that I was like, nah, I don't get it. And there are other things that I just, I don't know what goes on in this guy's head. So I just interpreted it however I wanted to interpret it, however I thought it spoke to me. And, I, and then I would give myself little pats on the back. I would walk away from the specific piece in question. And I would think, wow, Al, that was really profound what you just did. You just, that was a very in, intellectualized way of approaching this particular piece. And I did do some deep thinkings. I did. Because this artist, um, first of all, don't remember his name. <laughs> Even though it was everywhere. It was like a special exhibit. Um, curating like all this guy's lifetime of work. His name everywhere. You know what? Don't remember. Don't remember his name. Some French guy. Le plus de Okay, that was his name. Le plus de la bleue, Le jaune bleu. I think that means yellow, the yellow blue, which makes green. And that's art that I just did. If you put yellow, if you mix yellow paint and blue paint, you make green. So the guy's name was Le Jaune Bleu. Jaune, no, green is there. okay, cool. I thought I got that wrong. Um, so it was cool, just walking around, making shit up about art. I love Montreal. It is a city full of art, street art everywhere, everywhere you look. It is a it is a very beautiful city, and it's very clean, and it's well-kept, and it's just very lovely, and I would love to go back there someday because the art is so sick. And while I was hanging out in the gift shop before the art exhibit, I picked up this one book of, it was um, a table, uh, coffee table book, Showcasing all of the street, a whole bunch of street art in Montreal. Big book that you can flip through that shows all the cool, really cool murals and graffiti and stuff. Little stories here and there, and it was thirty three bucks. And I was mulling it over. I was like, this would be cool to put on our coffee table. But then the comedian in me was like, I mean, well, first of all, we have the internet. We have Wi Fi in our place. So if if and uh, so we have Wi-Fi. So, you know, it's always there. It's always around us. Those pictures are around us always. I can snap my fingers and and give you all the street art in Montreal. Just Google search street art Montreal and go to images and boom, on my page, there's like 50 of them. I don't have to flip through no goddamn leaflet, They're there. So first of all, internet one again. Sorry, books. <laughs> Sorry, Print. You're just, you just can't compete, dog. So I did I did that. Uh, so I thought of that. Internet number one and number two. I'm a comedian, and I like to believe I'm an interesting person. And I also further like to believe that the people that I have over at my place are interesting enough themselves that we can carry a conversation to the point where you don't have to scoop up the first thing that's sitting there on the table, like some like some uh, emergency a ripcord out of the conversation you're like well this that this lull is unbearable let me have a look at this book that you have here full of street art no i'm interesting enough that i can carry a conversation that you won't have to be like oh god this is awkward let me look at this giant yellow ladybug on the side of a church on rue de la mort um French streets are hilarious by the way and um <laughs> all all my anglophone comedian friends and just anybody in general uh asking anybody what street that is or where something is all the almost all the streets are totally in French so it is an exercise in just uh repeatedly embarrassing yourself with your French pronunci- pronunciation most of the time as an anglophone, you just sort of shrug your shoulders and resign yourself to phonetically anglophoning and anglophonically just <laughs> enunciating every letter letter, little, every letter. Yes, I am. The fucking Uber is like, "Hello, allo, bonjour, where are you going? Uh, I'm going to 607 rue de Hibernia. Rue de Hibernia. Oh oui, monsieur. Uh, merci. No, I don't know what you just said, but it's rue de apostrophe hibernia. Oui, oui, rue de Bignard. Rue, uh, Was that the number? Oui, oui, soixante quinquenze centsepte. Soixante quinquenze centsepte rue de Biniere. Okay. I trust you. <laughs> you silly little anglophone phone walking around bumping into stuff. So I check into the Doubletree. It's great. They give you free cookies. They're nice and warm. Oh my god. Zoe Rabnett, the booker for Just for Laughs, who books these shows. A uh, huge shout out to her. Thank you so much for having me. I don't think she listens to Podgis, But if you do, you are so fucking awesome, and I'm just super, super grateful to you. You have uh, given me so many opportunities this year, and um, I like to think that I have done myself, and my country, and you, and everyone who knows me proud, I think I am, I feel very good about everything that I've done. And everything that I've done, everything that matters this past year, is all because of you, Zoe, so that's for Zoe, quick thank you, thank you. Um, She, Zoe gifted us all our new faces showcasers with uh, a snow globe with a poutine on it, in it. How Montreal is that? That was so cute and I loved it. And I left it with a friend who was driving back to Toronto because someone had the foresight to recall that uh, the snow globe was full of liquid and they might confiscate it at the airport. So that would have been absolutely tragic. And just as a preventative measure, I left it with my friend who's going to drive it back. So that's really nice. Anyways. Um, Fuck it, let's fast forward to the show. So it was at this venue called Club Soda, this really cool spot in Montreal uh, with a balcony all around the outside. If you look at pictures, look up Club Soda Montreal, you'll see it's this rock venue. Fuck yes. And I went up, I was up in the middle of the show, and I smashed. I smashed. I had such a good time. I was worried about forgetting my material. I was worried about going way over time. I think I still went a little bit over time, but not too bad. All my jokes um, were, you know, uh, just they were a part of me. So it wasn't like I struggled through anything. I was relaxed. I was excited. I legit was not nervous. That was a new profound feeling for me, like this huge, huge opportunity, the, the prevailing feeling across the board was that I made it and I, and I deserve to be here. It was amazing that imposter syndrome did not creep its way in whatsoever. I felt like I was, I fucking earned my way there. I made it, you know, every once in a while I'll, I'll, I'll not often, but every once in a while I'll catch little murmurs, rumors astray of, So-and-so or such-and-such saying that I'm only getting these opportunities because I've come out as trans and I belong to this marginalized group. And, um, of course, I I am not without, I'm fully aware of the influence that that has in contributing to, like, my novelty and my uniqueness. Sure, categorically. Categorically, I do fit that niche. However, I've been doing stand-up for 14 years. So, the t- my toolkit tool is sharp. So, by some sheer stroke of, if you want to fucking call it luck, and I can't imagine the comedians that complain about me getting these gigs unjustly, in their opinion... I can't imagine that they would ever want to switch places with me. Yeah, you know what? <laughs> yeah, I don't think they're the type that would be like, yeah, sure, I would be trans if it meant getting just for laughs. Fuck no. So if you think I'm lucky, then, uh, you know, you're you're really not thinking things through. And I'm not, I'm not claiming to be unlucky at all. I'm playing with the, the hand that I'm dealt with. And I guess that's the point. We all have varying degrees of luck and... Uh, And it's just, you know, I am, I'm playing the hand that I'm dealt, and I'm doing it well. And I'm a good card player, is my point. (laughs) I've got a, I've got the hand that I have, good and bad. And, you know, in my 14 years of stand-up, I've learned how to play cards, motherfuckers. So, (laughs) Uh, so that was the feeling all weekend, that I deserved to be there. And man, this show was so good, and there was a woman in the front row who i swear to god literally four times in the show every time i looked over at her she blew me a kiss she was blowing me little kisses over and over again every time i looked over she was like like an adoring like an adoring mother just so beaming with pride and admiration and just she was infatuated just like mwah, mwah, mwah. Oh, 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 mwah, mwah. i just felt you know how can you feel like an imposter when you look out and someone is doing that for you every time you look at her. So I felt cradled and supported and loved and I felt like I belonged. I felt embraced and celebrated. So fuck yeah. The rest of the weekend, uh, fuck the details. I won't go into anything else. It's really, It was really just a weekend of partying and having fun and, and celebrating. I want to thank Adelaide for having me at her um, place. I did a huge fucking boo-boo, and I was l- a little bit late for my plane, and um, I I was leaving her place, and her key would not, the key got stuck in the lock, it got stuck, and I couldn't, I couldn't fucking uh, lock the door, and the Uber was honking, and I was having like a little panic attack, I was freaking out, so I just left it and ran, and I'm... I am so, I feel so terrible for, I was being such a good guest until the very last second and I left this poor woman's key in her door when she's gone for the weekend. So I'm like, that's a huge no-no and it's and I'm so ashamed and it's probably one of the like worst things I've ever done and I really, really, really hope everything's okay. I'm going to check in with her again after this. I don't think, I don't even know if she's back yet. So, oh boy, I'm just so nervous and I hope everything's okay and I hope I really didn't cause a burglary. Maybe I shouldn't, I I like fake said her name and I fake uh, and I don't know. I don't know, you know, I hope, I hope listeners don't track this down and go burglarize her home. Don't get any ideas. If anybody lives in Montreal and you want to know where this place is, Uh, because you have a kind heart and want to go officially fiddle with the lock and to lock the door. I was there for 10 goddamn minutes. It was stuck. Um, and I was freaking out. I was on the verge of a goddamn panic attack. Um, and so, you know, you know, panic attack guest solution is to run. Like, I just feel awful about it. (laughs) Worst guest of all time. Um... fucking yikes, I'm gonna, I'm gonna call her up after this, oh, okay, uh, and on my flight back, so, the, at the airport, goddamn, yo, listen, guys, if you're, if you, if you're listening to this, and if you don't follow me on social media, if you didn't see my rant about Flair Airlines, don't fly with Flair, don't take that chance, they didn't send me a goddamn ticket for my return flight, so I got rejected at the gate, even though I had the itinerary, I had the itinerary... But no uh, fucking scan code. They didn't send me a scan code. They sent me my itinerary without a return flight scan code. How fucking weird is that? And I quadruple checked back on my emails and my history, and it is not there. And I'm standing at the security gate like, look, look at this. This is my itinerary. This is what it says. Like, I know you can't beat boop, but just like, look at this, look at this. And they were like, no, no, no scan. No, no pass. So I was like, you know what? Okay. I go, I go to information desk. They show me to Flair airlines kiosk. It's empty. Of course I go back to information desk. They give me Flair airlines uh, number. I call them. The lady <laughs> answers eventually and goes, yes. Hello. This is Flair. Um, I I explained my situation, she's like, I'm I'm really sorry, I'm just really sorry, Uh, we're understaffed, and I can't help you, bye. And hangs up, that was all she said. Like, motherfucker, is that what you do all day? You just let people down harshly? You just tell them that you can't, and goodbye, and hang up on them? That doesn't even count as customer service, that's bullshit. So, and my plane got delayed two fucking, two hours! It got delayed two hours. So I was sitting in this airport, calling, running around, asking literally anybody who will fucking listen to me, just searching desperately for an employee, any employee on the face of the fucking earth. Flair Airlines has, are, do you have like, do five people work for your company or, and are they all on that plane? They weren't even on the plane yet. It was delayed two fucking hours. And so I sat in this airport watching the minutes tick by, arguing with security, getting help from people, having it, having it just absolutely go nowhere, feeling, if there's, I mean, you guys can surely relate, but like that level of feeling absolutely helpless, that helplessness is, uh, I just want to die. It's excruciating to me, you know? I want to. It makes me want to cry. Nothing makes me want to cry more, I think, other than everything. <laughs> I'm so emotional all the time. But I swear to God, if if you really want to get me going, make things helpless, completely tie my hands, and in a in a shit situation, and abandon me completely on my own, helplessly, and in the end, my solution. Jesus Christ, I paid $635 on the spot, just slapped down my credit card at Air Canada to get the next single one-way flight back to Toronto, like, and round-trip flare cost me like $250, And, and, and a single emergency flight back to Toronto, $635 with Air Canada, and I, and like, The woman who helped me, her name is Lydia, she was so sweet and she was so kind and just so gracious and I, and, like, she was wonderful. But, fucking Flair, my god, my god. Um, I'm gonna try calling them today at some point or I might get my manager. I have a manager now uh, to do that. Um I'm gonna have to learn how to what the, what the business protocol is with a manager. like <laughs> I struggle so hard with asking people to do favors for me, to do anything for me. I hate being an intrusion. And here I have working with someone who uh, wants to help guide my career and help me and work as a partnership and and get, And let's get things fucking done. And I'm just so afraid to ask her for any sort of help, even though she's way better at this stuff than me. I'm such a child. So I should, I need to recruit her to make the call for me and tear some heads off. Chew into some people. I need my money back flair. Cause that is fucked. Don't fly with them. They are a, it's criminal. Like that level of customer service neglect is criminal. Straight up, they stole my money. Can you imagine me standing at the gate then being like, no, no, you're just not getting on this flight, punk ass bitch. What are you gonna do about it, punk ass? Oh, you're gonna cry? You're gonna cry? Are you crying? Look at this fucking bitch, crying in the airport. And I got misgendered all the time, even though I was wearing my wig and my mask, I was hoping people would still, you know, my wig and my mask are my armor. Ah. Then everybody still called me sir, even though I'm walking around with my tits. My man boobs, I guess they're man boobs, they don't really count. My double A's, I don't know what they are. Everybody calling me sir, because as soon as I open my mouth, God. I should practice my voice, I should practice my voice. But I'm just gonna sound like I fucking belong on Drag Race. Ugh, I can't stand the sound of my own voice sometimes. Anyways, all of this to say, the trip was, and you know what, uh, You know, part of what made me slap down that 600 bucks was I was just like, my neck, my neck is um, really making life difficult for me right now. And it will for the next three weeks. It's, I'm having another flare up. I'm going to have to start doing some physio for it. Painkillers, I don't know, if you've got a morphine hookup, like, fuck this, man. I, it needs to stop, because I can't sleep. I just can't function. I can, And I'm happy-go-lucky-guess, because of, it was the best weekend of my life, and I just felt truly content and optimistic about everything. And then all at once, um, karma just wanted to be like, oh there! <laughs> Whoa there, girl! Are you, are you happy? God forbid I'm happy for longer than 48 goddamn hours before fate is like, let's fuck with her a little bit. Let's fuck with her. She needs a good fucking. Anyways, okay. That was my trip. That was my Montreal. Um, The footage for my set is super exclu, uh, exclusive, sclusi, if you will. My footage is super exclusive right now. Only industry uh, big ups, big wigs have it, but um, it will, I think, I'm pretty sure it will be eventually available on CBC's website somewhere. I will surely fill you guys in. I will let you know when it will be uh, available for viewing because it was a great set and I felt really good. I, I improvised one or two things here and there short little quips and lines i wasn't exactly jazzed about them i just you know you want every single line to bring the house down and get an applause break but um in 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 big circumstances like those you know where i wasn't I, you know when i said i was relaxed i was i was very 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 much relaxed but of course sure fine because it's a special thing um you're also your mind isn't occupied with just i'm not jabba the Huttin' it up you know i'm not smoking a a big old greasy alien hookah and sitting on my tukus i'm still trying i'm trying to put my best foot forward so anyways and i di- and i got my makeup done professionally and god damn it i looked so adorable I, this is the thing with makeup that I'm, that I realized all at once. She did my face and she said, okay, go take a look in the mirror. And I looked and, and she, she, see she, my reaction was not good. And she kind of, I didn't want her to take it personally. And I don't think she did. She's a pro. She was like, honestly, tell me what you want, want to change. And I couldn't articulate, articulate it because I realized eventually all at once that like, I, th- it, it, I was worried it was too draggy, too too big, but then I realized that I didn't I didn't have my wig or my clothes on, just me and my like regular idiot dude hair, and it was big makeup, and then finally when I put it all on it it made goddamn sense and I looked really good. Go to my Instagram if you don't believe me, baby. I looked magnificent. So. Thank you to uh, MJ. Her name is MJ. And thank you to my friend, Jana for hooking me up with MJ to get this done for me. It was really special. It was just a weekend of friends coming together all around me to show their love and support. And um, I legit, Saturday morning, ugly cried the day after my, my big show. I woke up in my hotel and just bawled my eyes out texting out to... Everybody I love just telling them how grateful I was. It was amazing. Like the type of ugly cry where you're like, (laughs) and and you can't, you can't breathe. And I'm texting people like, (laughs) making, making an ugly uh, face. Um, Oh man. So I talked about JFL the whole goddamn time and I didn't exactly want to, I wanted to talk about, uh, complained about my neck <laughs> uh, my armor I don't know if I've spoken about this but my wig and my mask I'm thinking about making this a bit it's something because it's honest it's truthful. My wig and my mask if I keep my mouth shut and I and I dress appropriately I may I may be able to pass in society if nobody looks too closely. So it's like an armor. And now that things are opening back up again and masks aren't mandatory everywhere and people are walking around in public without them, the more people get vaccinated and the more stuff clears so that you don't have to wear a mask, the closer I come to walking around there getting clocked all the time all over again. And I dread it. So there's a part of me that's got my fingers crossed, like, come on, fourth wave, (laughs) Come on, fourth wave, come on. Mama needs a little bit more time to incubate, to gestate. Baby, baby needs a little bit more time to gestate, please, fourth wave. Come on, Delta variant, come on. (laughs) Oh, that's morbid, and I don't mean it. But at the same time, oh, you know, I'm going to get clocked all the goddamn time, and I'm going to have to face adversity again, and nobody likes adversity. Ugh. And speaking of adverse, man, my my neck. I'm in so much pain, you guys. But oh, onward and upward. I am a little bit optimistic about starting fresh. I have a show tonight. I'm looking forward to a whole bunch of my bookings. Now that I have Just for Laughs as a credit, I can start demanding more money from people and demanding more of myself. Like I can, I, you know... I've been doing this 14 goddamn years, and I'm still, like, nervous about asking to headline shows. What the fuck? Really? You know? Come on, Algus. Believe in yourself. All this to say, believe in yourself. Look at all the things that I'm doing. Look at all the challenges that I've overcome. Look at all the adversity that I'm facing. Even my body is like, you know what? You don't have it hard enough. Here, let's just chuck this at you. Let's make you let's disable your head for a little while. Let's make let's make you let's make you move around like Val Kilmer and Batman. Like the like George Clooney and Val Kilmer and Batman. Let's make your body an old-time Batman suit with no neck motion. So you have to fucking turn your entire torso to look at the person talking to you. Beside you, you know? My neck is going to make me Old Batman. <laughs> Where are the drugs? Me asking for morphine to help out my neck. Where are the drugs? <laughs> uh, complain guess, Hurt guess. But I I watched all of the first season of Ted Lasso tonight because I was feeling depressed. Um, I'm on the comedown from the best weekend of my life and my body is in terrible pain um, so it's one of those things that astronauts uh, whenever they make their maiden voyage to the moon and come back um, there is a very large correlation between astronauts and depression when they come home because they've they've done it they've kind of achieved the pinnacle of their own careers pretty pretty literally like it's you know there's nothing else. At least at the moment, you know, when you've when you've achieved the best thing, and I'm not saying this is the best I will ever get. This is the best I will ever achieve because I feel like I've I've done so well in these opportunities that it's not the end. It's not the end of Val. Val. Surely it's just the beginning. I'm 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 kicking ass and I I whooped I lit that stage on fire. There's no way anyone can say that I did anything less than stellar. So. Um, I'm leaving good impressions everywhere I go, and I'm doing great, despite this fucking adversity, despite even my body being, like, throwing fucking cal- cantrips, what is it, cal-traps? Ca- cantrips? The little, uh, spiky things that people throw on the road, police throw on the road to, like, pop your tires. Somebody's trying to throw cal- cal-traps onto the road to pop my tires. But, you know... My, uh, my own body is fucking betraying me over and over again. Stomach issues, the works. Uh, but, you know, we, we carry on. We carry on. We carry on. And oh yeah. Carry on. Okay. I am. I've reached the end of this. It was. Not a funny guess. I kind of wanted to talk about some funny stuff. But I talked about my wife, my daughter. Please let me sit beside my wife and my suitcase. I talked about that guy. Um, yeah. Guys, I feel off. I'm sad that it's over, but I'm happy that it happened. It's very bittersweet. I'm grateful and I'm happy that it happened. I'm so... I, I had my moment Saturday where I was just uh, really the most I've ever been in my life. The most optimistic about what is to come Saturday. And then Flair Airlines happened. <laughs> uh, but I was really, really, I'm really proud. I'm very happy. I am, I'm really struggling. I'm still dealing with a lot. It's not all roses, but the sun is is peeking through and I really had I, I really embraced and cut loose and really was present for what was the one of the most unforgettable experiences of my life. And everybody who's ever supported me and been there for me, however big or small, uh, but more credit to the big ones, because I probably never I probably don't make it easy sometimes. Um, yeah, just thanks. Thanks to everybody, and thanks to you for listening. And I'll be funnier next week, I promise. I just wanted to share uh, just the quick little stories and, and the gist of it, and to complain about my neck. <laughs> um, okay, so that's it. Uh, don't forget, um, my 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 stand-up... Uh, with the stand-up show <laughs> The stand-up show with John Doerr My episode is airing on August 23rd At 10.30pm Eastern Standard Time On CTV Comedy Wherever you can find that CTV Comedy 10.30 August 23rd That is my episode That's a Monday Make sure you check it out Keep supporting me Keep liking all my shit Keep listening If you're a fan Show me to somebody else Because baby I'm about to uh, Blow up That That JFL Um, I really put my stamp on her. Okay. Um, thanks so much. Love you guys. Love you. Spread love. Be a Ted Lasso and spread love and happiness. Even though he's American, so he would probably be kind of a religious zealot in Britain. Like, ah, Jesus told me that. Jesus told me about this soccer game. And, um, anyways, don't let Jesus get in the way of your happiness. Uh, don't know what that means, but. You know, I keep working hard and love the people you love. Hey, send somebody a text message telling them you're grateful for them. Okay? That's your homework. Sorry, I'm giving homework now. All right, my wife, my daughter, my briefcase. Bye, bye.